Welcome to Barrel Samples, where you can get a sample of the Canadian wine industry from the inside. Boom. So I want to get a bit of background on you two. So for starters, Mitch, who the heck are you? Um, I grew up in Brantford. I refer to it as Brantford sometimes. Um, the youngest of four boys. I always felt I had to prove myself. So to win my parents' affection, I decided to become a winemaker because I figured that would just win easily um, as they're both wine drinkers. I went to Brock University and graduated with a Bachelor's of Science in Enology and Viticulture. And then I went and did a wine marketing degree um, or certificate. And then just recently I got a distinguished alumni uh, certificate, which was really kind of nice because we started CoLab Wine and Beverages and it's been a lot of work and effort. And I mean, Brock is just such a supportive community. And very recently I'm going back to school, back to school, back to school to prove to dad I'm not a fool. That's a Billy Madison reference. And uh, um, I guess if you have to explain the Julie doesn't know know what it it is, is why I specified. Not for the audience. The audience knows. This is for Julie. Um, uh, I'm going to do W set three just because I feel like keeping yourself fresh is a good move. And this kind of it works well. As we do blind wine tastings all the time, but with a little bit of WSET education, I'm probably going to start winning blind wine. It's still not going to happen, but good luck. Well, Mark, who the heck are you? Um, My name is Mark Pistor. I'm like a 22-year veteran of the Canadian wine industry. Don't say it like that. I mean, he said it, though. I know. (laughs) Um, I'm... A wine lover, and I think more importantly, a Canadian wine lover, and then even more specifically, a Niagara wine lover. I've been in the industry in different parts for about 21 years, um, and I'm really excited about some of the changes that are just happening. I think when you start in this industry, you see all the quality that exists behind the scenes, and when you really get into Ontario wines, you can find so much amazing value um, and an entire your world's worth of wine experiences just within our region. And, um, and so we're diving into this podcast. So that was that- a good thesis <laughs> you just dropped right there for the podcast. We're, di- we're, we're, we're doing this podcast to hopefully bring a little bit of our inside information and experiences so that you will have an easier time finding wines that you love. Yeah, exactly. Um, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, so in that finding wines that you love, Today, I want to get into some tips that we have uh, from the inside of how to choose your wines um, that you buy before you even taste them. Um, We'll get into a few of them. Obviously, there's lots of ways that you can choose to buy your wines. So I'm sure there will be many more things that we talk about in the future. Um, But Mitch, today, uh, let's just get into a style of wine uh, and, and go from there and then find some ways that we can start choosing wines. Hey, I want some sparkling wine. Well, guess what? We just crushed some during the holidays. So we've got some insider scoops about good Ontario sparkling wine. Perfect. What did you guys drink during the holidays? Speaking of. I mean, I crushed some Trias Brut and um, some Marinus and Charmed. but Yeah, Marinus and Charmed, Marinus and O, Frizzy from Ridgepoint, both uh, Muscat-based sparkling wines. Um, 8% alcohol, breakfast so wines. good for breakfast, yep. <laughs> I, got, I got there before you did. You know, charmed white, um, and then the Bellissima from um, uh, from Ridgepoint, which is 
uh, Glera based or the exact same grape varieties that they use for Prosecco. Um, he's one of the first uh, to use it as a VQA wine here in Ontario. It's absolutely delicious, um, super great value. If you like Prosecco, you're going to get into that at like really similar price points to top shelf um, Prosecco. And um, and it is it, it really, really, really tasty. And then our traditionals from here, I had actually the Blanc de Noir and the um, Blanc de Blanc. From Marinison. From Marinison, sorry. Um, very exciting wines. So different between the two of them. Both of them excellent quality from a sparkling point of view. Um, and had some champagne both before and after the holidays, maybe not during. And um, I know we're going to try to keep this relatively on a positive light. But so what's most exciting about drinking those Ontario sparklings over the Christmas break um, and having them so close to two champagnes in the $60 price point is that, man, do we ever outshine on value. And I think what we're talking about is um, not only quality to price ratios here, we're actually talking about just basic quality, where the basic quality overall in the wines from Champagne, Champagne wines, wines from Champagne are generally more expensive because they're from Champagne. And you can find sparklings from the rest of the world at a better price point that compete 100% on quality. So that would make their quality to price ratios even higher. Thing that I love about Ontario is that we're there with the rest of the world at the top levels. Um, and we've been doing it consistently now. And there's so many opportunities um, right across uh, Canada to get into that. So yeah, we, we just, just ordered some Blue Mountains. The Blue delivery Mountain. just came in. We're really, really excited. Um, I'm sure we're going to talk about them in some upcoming podcasts. I'm certain that sparkling is going to be a recurring theme. It's just coming off of the holidays. I do um, like drinking a lot of sparkling in the winter months. I mean, like some people are seasonal drinkers. I, I'll drink any wine anytime sure. and I don't need a special occasion like Tuesday sparkling. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Tuesday sparkling. Yes. <laughs> So, you know, if we dive a little bit into the nerdiness of what wine is, when I was talking about those Proseccos and the, and the Moscato, ba- the Muscat-based sparklings that I had um, over the break, those are Charmat method. And so you can actually get into sparklings in Ontario um, well below $20. Um, Marinus and Charm sparkling is $17.95. I love the fruit expression. Some people find that it has a little bit too much sweetness. There's other wines in the marketplace widely available at the LCBO. Yeah, there's Chez got Mallow. the, the Malavar one as yeah. well that's um, meant to, they actually went with that Italian name, yeah. which I think is like uh, one of the big things is that Ontario or Canada as a whole is like 71% Italian wine drinkers. It's just wild. We just crush Italian wine all of the time. <laughs> and it's not that those things, like, don't get us wrong, we drink stuff from other parts of the world. We, we have Blind Wine Wednesdays, and those are Tuesdays now, sorry, Blind Wine Tuesdays. And so we're constantly buying and tasting wines from around the world. And that just gives us some good perspective, um, because then we do. This is when we go, yeah, Niagara can meet or beat these expectations. Um, for the price point that we're paying. Yeah, I think it's worth a discussion too of how, or of, of talking about how you pick those sparklings. So once you find something that you like, how to find other ones that are similar. So like my friend, for instance, uh, talk about t- Tuesday sparklings. Uh, <laughs> weekly, she's drinking the Jackson Triggs Reserve Brew. Without a doubt, she has that in her fridge at least. That's once a good a week, move, right? though. JT's, it's delicious. Yeah. JT knows. I'm what like, you doing. can't go wrong. So we Shout spent New Phil. Year's together and. 
I was like, oh, I'm going to get some sparklings from the LCBO that um, are different than that. Just that, But I want to make sure she likes it. So I just went off um, for her. I know she likes that because it's the perfect amount of sugar for her. So I looked at that one. It's nine grams per liter, I think it was, uh, residual. Oh, yeah, so then you look around that and you're probably, you know, going to find something that you like uh, as well. So that's, a, I don't know, a good way to branch out. Um, yeah, well, one of the things, things is if you're buying VQA wine, we are legislated to label the sparkling method of production on the bottle. So if you like Prosecco, you should hunt down some Charmat methods because it's going to be that fruitier, lighter style that's not got all those toasty notes. Mm -hmm. If you want um, traditional method that's fruity, you should probably look for something that's got less um, bottle age time, which is something you might not be able to find on the label, but could definitely find on producers' websites. Um, but And then if you want that lazy toastiness, like I'm talking about bread in a glass with that little hint of fruit, then you want something that's been like three years on Lee's in bottle. And yeah, some of that information you can't put on the label because it just gets wordy. We have a lot of legal information we've got to stick on our labels, so you can't put too much uh, other information because otherwise then there's just too much on that label. But you can always um, find the information. Yeah, so go to that producer's website and you can generally find like a lot of Niagara sparkling producers are going to want to tell you how long they left that mm. on Lee's because that's the time-consuming and expensive part of traditional method. Okay, yeah, so in Ontario, I think most of our wineries are supplying uh, a pretty solid amount of information on their websites. I know that I'm definitely um, maybe not updating the, my particular brand's information as much as I possibly should, but a lot of my wines are hand cells and, and people are actually tasting them. But, but then there's people like Jeff who've got the harvest date updated on each bottle. Yeah, no, 100%. So if you're interested in tasting a wine, checking out their wines, but let's not ask the consumer to have a full understanding of what the production method and how that's going to influence the taste is. When I first started in wine and what I continue to do, one of the most important things has been finding wine writers or, um, or wine internet personalities that have um, a really similar like taste to what I like and utilizing their recommendations to sort of start branching out into those wines and learning more about those individual wines. So for me personally, um, within the Ontario um, sort of game, Chris Waters had always been someone that on his recommendations and on his wine descriptions, um, I know that my palate and the wines that I like are going to line up really, really close um, to what he does. There's other um, um, people that review both Ontario wines um, as well as wines from around the world. Um, Natalie McLean and, and Rick Vansicle, um, Andre Pru and Michael Pincus, and um, the whole Wine Align team. The whole Wine Align team, excellent uh, sources for information. Yeah. And they're all very unique in their taste profiles. And we know that because we send them wines and they review them. And then we look at those reviews sort of and go, <laughs> well, I don't know if I agree with them. And the reality is that we might not agree with that reviewer. We might not agree with how they see a wine or, or what wines they like all the time. And that's a good way for us to sort of, um, it's a good way for me to say, okay, without tasting that wine, how am I going to make that decision to purchase it? And if I line up with any of those wine align writers and they have something that they really really like well that might be a wine that i go to the lcbo and pick up for sure to try to see if i continue to align with their 
um, taste profile, but sometimes it's like wines from BC. Well, I don't get to BC very often. I haven't been back since I worked out there. And I love their wines. We don't bring a lot into Ontario, but if I'm going to order some, I want to know a little bit about them before. So I know some producers, and we'll get to what producers can mean from a style point of view and from a choosing Canadian wines perspective. But um, yeah, wine writers drive a lot of those initial purchases especially with things that you're unfamiliar with, but ensure that you're lined up with that wine writer because they try to be consistent and they're consistent within their own taste experience, but we're all individual in terms of what our sensory experiences are and what our wine preferences are. And so if you can find a writer that you line up with, that's my biggest recommendation to find um, really good Ontario producers and new Ontario producers. So step one would be 100% find people that, you line up with from a quality point of view is step two would be when you taste that bottle of wine and you like that producer what i have found is that producers are very consistent across their entire portfolio so getting a little bit deeper into the other wines that any specific winery is going to produce might be a very good choice to um to fill in some of those wine selections Kind of branching out inside the places you already know you like, right? So going to the next available thing. If you like their barrel fermented shard, maybe you'll check out their Viognier because those are soft, intense barrel fermented whites, right? So you can get some. And then you can move out from there of what Mitch and I were talking about. You can, okay, I liked that. Maybe I like that because of the sugar level. Maybe I like that because of the style of winemaking. So you can go deeper in. I think those are some basics to kind of intro into tips of how to uh, start choosing which bottles you're buying. So we've got, yeah, uh, sugar preference, style preference, um, based on similar, similarly palated uh, wine writers and reviewers, and then uh, based on the producers that you like. Uh, there's some four intro tips. I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, there was a while that people would say that the anything but shard drinkers. Um, I've heard that all of the time when I was starting in the industry, and I was like, well, that's so wild, because there are so many different ways to make Chardonnay that it's going to be different um, depending on who's got their hands on those grapes, when you pick it, all of those things. Um, so I feel like even within grape varietals, you can find a lot of styles. So then going to that next step and searching for that information is it barrel fermented are we talking about a stainless steel um shard because yeah maybe you just didn't have that experience or people who are like i don't like beer and i'm like have you had those smoothie sours that taste <laughs> nothing like beer and they're just a smoothie with alcohol because those aren't really going to taste like <laughs> yeah. labat 50 in any chance yeah. now i mean in varietals you're going to get typicity but even that people are breaking bounds on what typicity is in niagara like <laughs> word is that <laughs> typicity is the style uh so chardonnay tastes a certain way and so all chardonnays if they're going to be typical typicity oh, okay. um means this chardonnay is going to taste like chardonnay but like we were talking the other day about uh black ball riesling which failed vqa because it wasn't a typical riesling so if you don't like typical Rieslings, we could try some atypical Rieslings and that might be your jam. Yeah. Maybe you don't like conventional wine and you want something with lees in it. Mark drinks the bottoms of sour beers. That's a little snippet of information you're yeah, going to know. Yeah, it's delicious. You don't? I don't disagree. Just some people are like, don't pour me the last bit of that can. Um, 
and other people are like, that's you what can't. I want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just to talk Where, to people. I have mean, different this beliefs. guy came back from a day of teaching, and this is the most serious wine conversation that I've been in with them for about a month. I'm excited. <laughs> We're podcasting. I've been dreaming. As a young white male, I've been dreaming about podcasting for a long time. <laughs> I think you've there done a great is. job. <laughs> All right, so a lot of big words today. We're going to try to... Uh, Not use typicity again? <laughs> We're gonna... I don't know, it's a pretty important word. It's <laughs> There's a lot. He keeps trying to make what we do as a job important. <laughs> well, otherwise, how am I supposed to derive value for my self-worth? <laughs> exactly. New well, thanks for answering my questions today. Um, I think there's a lot that... I'm excited to dive into with you guys in the future. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll see you back for next episode. Um, this has been Barrel Samples. Any last words, guys? Barrel Samples. Barrel Samples. Drink Canadian wine. <laughs>